Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Rusty Quill presents
Agent Halstein. Agent Halstein, are you there? Over. I'm afraid Agent Halstein has taken a little nap at the moment. But can I help you? Ex-Agent Isaiah Stroud, lay down your arms and surrender. I assure you, you won't enjoy the alternative. I'm afraid that's not gonna happen, but I'll offer you a deal. You keep those choppers back, way back, and I won't start blowing every damn one of them out of the sky. How's that sound? Look at the firepower, Agent. You're outgunned. So I repeat, lay down your weapons and surrender. Or else. I'm a lot of things, fella. But outgun's never been one of them. Keep your eyes glued to the East Hill over there, and I'll show you why. After I blew a few sedan-sized holes through the dirt, trees, and solid rock, I clicked the radio back on. See that? I got no limit on ammo, and for all I can tell, my range is infinite. So unless you want to wind up cleaning your agent's nuts up with a spatula and a plastic baggie, I suggest you do like I said. Capiche? All units stand down and await further orders. Atta boy. And keep him back. Or get those plastic bags ready. You may have bought yourself a little time, Agent. But you of all people should know how this game works. The cat always gets the mouse. Eventually. Well, that might be true. But there's a hell of a lot of dead cats between this mouse and being gotten. It really was likely just a matter of time before we got nabbed. Or worse. But there was no sense in making it easy for him. On the bright side, if we couldn't stop the next darkness, maybe we'd end up outliving the Esoterium. Either way you sliced it, we were in for some rough water ahead. Another day, another stolen car. But at least this one had a six-banger with four-wheel drive. It wouldn't do much against anything the Cabals might send after me, but uh, it sure helped with all the back roads between me and New Vic. Like it or not, next time I decided to go on a road trip, I was taking Carface. I could have been to Ipswich and back by then. I didn't sleep, but I sure as hell got fatigued. I beat a hasty retreat through an ungodly expanse of farms, fields, and forsaken patches of land. The trek was no small feat, a relentless dodge to assure myself I'd shaken my tails and was finally in the clear. 
In times like these, I usually just kick back in a lounger and enjoyed a nice cold glass of the chocolatey stuff, but I lacked both at the moment. So I just rolled down the windows and took in the night air. The tire went out right as I was taking a hairpin turn. Sent me right off the embankment. Mashed up my face and ribs pretty good in the process. A quick sidelong glance confirmed the accident was neither equipment failure nor pilot error, but something that cut clean through the wheel and severed the axle. My best bet was to make it to cover while looking no wiser for what I'd figured out. I stretched out the thinnest pale field I could, careful to stay below board for the effort. But I detected Diddley. Either my attacker was human or out of range. I couldn't imagine that whoever hit my car had vamoosed, assuming I'd die from my injuries. They were good enough to find me, take my car off the road at the most opportune time. Now... No, they were too good to be that sloppy. They were still out there, waiting. Something struck from the darkness. I ducked it at the very last second as it hissed by, striking the tree behind me. I didn't know what was coming for me, but at least I knew where it was coming at me from. Ah, fuck! Whoever was trying to clip me was using a whip. Two of them, to be exact. The second one slapped across both my hands, sending my revolver spinning through the darkness. My Beretta was out in a jiffy, but I wasn't going to fire blind. I needed a target. Before the whips retracted into the darkness, I caught a brief glimpse of the things under the half moon. They were living flesh, lashing tongues, if I didn't miss my guess. Whatever was out there clearly wasn't human, and I wasn't about to give it the chance to bust out something worse than weird-ass tongues. While I was trying to pinpoint my assailant, I decided to sling the Beretta. I knew I could reconstitute the revolvers back into my hands, but uh, the effort of doing so was massive. And that was back when I'd been surrounded by the pale matter of the silentage. So, I gave the alternative a whirl. Recall them to my hands. I had to dig deep to pull it off, but it worked. And I didn't waste any time letting my opponent know. I managed to clear enough woods to build a mall. But as for the uh, tongue lasher, nothing. My plan was to clip him with my field, catch him powerless when they tried to dodge the pale rounds. But they must have moved out of range or I just plain missed. 
This time the lash came at me from above, wrapping right around my damn throat. I could feel the momentum on the other side of the thing, sweeping above me in the dark. From what I could tell, whatever it was, it had leapt over my field, lassoed me when it was directly above me, and was now using all the momentum on the downswing to throw my ass through the forest. Just before I put the barrel of a revolver to the thing to blow it in half, I got zapped with ungodly amounts of pain, and that was with my field blunting it. The upshot was that I got yanked from my feet and thrown through about an acre's worth of woods. I focused the pale field on myself, trying to fortify my body from serious injury, which it managed to do well enough, keeping my bones in one piece. But I was cut and bruised all to hell, which was on top of the pounding I took from the crash. I'd pulled the revolvers in close while I was doing the wrecking ball through the woods routine, so I was hoping my playmate might think I'd been disarmed again and get close, giving me an opening. But, yet again, there was no sign of whatever I was up against. Although, on that count, I hadn't forgotten my go-round with Hatch and the crematorium, what their pain craft, for lack of a better word, felt like. But if this thing was a scream eater, it was leaps and bounds above slobs like Hatch. It also made sense that it could attract me from the, uh, revival. We already knew the Scream Eaters were working with someone in the Esoterium to get control of Blackledge, so it made sense they'd have been tipped off when I showed up on the radar. At any rate, I had a theory, a card, and it was time to play it. So, uh, what, the, um, crematorium send you? She get pissed that just the two of us walked through an entire city's worth of you losers? What's the matter? Cat got those tongues of yours? I limped into a small clearing to give the fucker a clear shot at me. I needed to see the direction it came from. Gotcha. I concentrated my pale field around my left forearm, letting the whip wrap around it with minimal effect, then aimed down the length of the thing, right at the fucker holding the other end. My turn, dickhead. A spark. I hit him. Or nicked him. It was hard to tell. I rushed forward to get the bastard in range of my field so they couldn't use their enhanced strength and yank me halfway across the woods again. This time I could hear it. It was running away, trying to keep its distance. It was pretty obvious it had the skinny on my party trick and knew to stay clear. The tongue unwound around my arm and snapped back where it came from, confirming the direction of the thing. Where are you going, sweet thing? I thought you wanted to make with the tongues again. I could just make out something big wearing uh, some kind of armor. But before I could take in any more details, I took an unexpected header straight into the dirt. fucker led me right over a sinkhole. I was running on fumes at that point, and my body felt like it had gone ten rounds with a trash compactor. I needed to score a solid point against the thing, 
Given the shape I was in, it wasn't hard to fake being down and nearly out. Yanking my field back, I hoped to get the creature to come closer, maybe indulge in a little gloating. But it was smart, taking precautions, using distance and subterfuge to get around my field. And given that this was the third time I tried to coax it out of hiding, I just might have gone to the well one too many times. On the plus side, the sinkhole put me out of sight. At least, that's what I hoped. There was no telling what other tricks my sparring partner had up its sleeve. And so, I waited. My heart leapt at the sounds of footsteps, and then promptly sunk when they stopped shy of getting good and close. The thing stood there for a bit, likely weighing its options, questioning the legitimacy of my inaction. Then it made a move. The sound rode the length of my nerves, settling in my teeth, raising my hackles like fingernails on a chalkboard. The sound was just the beginning, though. It was what it summoned out of the darkness that would really get under my skin. Somewhere behind all the ruckus, I heard the creature walk away, likely giving a wide berth to whatever it just tagged into the fray. Looking up from the sinkhole, all I could see was the sky, which was just a tad lighter than the surrounding edges of the hole. In an instant, the view was obliterated by claws and maws and sallow, wrinkled skin. Raining into the pit, they ripped and tore at me, but it was their psychic emanations that worked me the hardest, pummeling me with purest pain from every direction. With my shit so kicked in, my power levels were about anemic, the pain almost too much to bear. There wasn't much I could do to hold the things off but fire blind. In the crushing darkness, there was no way to know how things were shaken out, but I could feel the earth shuddering all around me, the revolvers pulverizing the surrounding sod and stone, if nothing else. It was hardly a surprise when finally the ground beneath us cracked open, swallowing me and the yellow monsters even further into the depths. Whenever I went dreamwalking, I could always discern the direction, if not the presence of the waking world, by the tugging it exerted, like oxygen fleeing upward from the deep sea. But not here. Here, in the Harrows, there was no internal compass, no signposts, just the ceaseless royal of bottomless black sleep. The only thing I could think of to orient myself was to locate some trace of the wakeless themselves, then backtrack. It sounded good in my head, but all I had to go by were the black walls of some crooked city, afloat in the deepest, darkest sleep I'd ever waded through. Climbing a wide flight of stairs, I found myself wandering between tall pillars that stretched up into blinding blackness, 
A potent sort of solitude contained the entire chamber. A deep archetypal emptiness that, when encountered within the more traditional dream space, generally gave rise to abandoned buildings and vast empty rooms. Yet here, it was a strange launching pad for soaring towers that vanished into oblivion. When I heard the beating of gigantic wings, I ducked beneath the bulk of a toppled column and scanned the scene. Winds swept down from above as the colossal wings beat the air into a small hurricane, and only stopped when I heard the cracking of stone where two massive avian claws reached down and clutched the top of a giant broken pillar. A titan something slowly settled its vast bulk atop the tower, assuming a monstrous perch. There's no sense in hiding, little dreamer. You've already come into our power. This place is ours and ours alone. The closest thing I could compare the monster to would be that of a titanic black owl, its eyes apparently removed by force, black blood dripping from massive ravaged eye sockets. It's strange that you should be here. Your kind aren't supposed to venture so far. Despite having no eyes, I could feel its awareness on me almost pinning me down. I figured there was no sense in trying to hide, so I stepped out and looked up at the thing. My kind, what exactly do you think I am? The monster owl tilted its enormous head in contemplation, the bleeding pits of its eyes seeing without sight. No, you are not what I suspected. You're something else. Something in between. But I suppose that still makes you, at least, interesting. I was trying Mary's, Thorn Mary's, courage on for size, not flinching from the implied threat of the thing. But who knew where that would get me? I didn't come here to be interesting. I came here for answers, which I now have. Is there any chance you might tell me how to leave here? The Harrows, I mean. I wanted to present myself as a fellow powerhouse. Something that didn't need to shrink from its fellow monsters. <laughs> yeah, but things didn't pan out quite the way I'd hoped. Of all the weightless that have passed down my throat, I confess I've never met one so... brazen. But then, you are not entirely awakeless, are you? There are human dreams about you, in you. Although they are not of ordinary make, else you would never have made it so far. Even the weightless themselves cannot cross this deeply into my realm without benefit of their vaunted baubles and foolish conveyances. The staff of their sprawling slums, where slumbers and mumbles their father, dreaming his fitful dreams. So you're not one of Shagorin's children? Me, a whelp of that old dream-eater. No, 
I am thought gone below, forgotten of itself, lost to chaos. I am the sleep of reason. Spreading wide its terrible wings, I could see horrible shapes stirring within the darkness they concealed. A world of madness pent beneath the whisper of a million black feathers. And as far as how you might leave this place, that depends. On what, exactly? My appetite. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 